Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format helps you learn at your own pace and fit earning a degree into your life. From before you enroll to after you graduate, you'll be supported by people who are invested in your success so you can pursue your goals knowing that help is available if you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. So in order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones you'll actually want to pay attention to and hear about. But we need to learn a little more about you to make that happen. And I would love to learn more about the audience. So go to PodSurvey, that's P-O-D-S-U-R-V-E-Y, PodSurvey.com slash James, and take a quick totally anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way we can bring on advertisers and and even content that you won't want to skip. So once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash James, J-A-M-E-S. Thanks for your help. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show. Today on the James Altucher Show. Well, you mentioned in the book, there was this moment in your life, and you even refer to it as often your top is your bottom. And so I want to explore that sentence for a second. But you you were, uh, had been performing, you were on the the top of your career. Like, everybody knew Run DMC. You had... Rolling Stone magazine coming to see you to interview you for the cover. You had your weed dealer coming to see you, and you had room service coming to see you. They all show up at the same time, and you just you, you I was broke a, down. I was I was um, excessive as a kid. Like a lot of uh, people that become very successful that don't know any better. I wanted every piece of the sun in California. Every said it in a book. Every piece of pleasure that I could find and. People find out early on that the successes that you call success, you could become a glutton towards it, and then you crash, and you realize there's more to life than being number one rapper, French toast, weed, girls, Rolls Royces, whatever. So what what do you think it was, though, about that specific moment, right? Because you probably had a lot of these moments So I'm here with Reverend Joseph Simmons and his wife, Justine Simmons. Rev is also known as Run from Run DMC. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank We're happy you. to be here. You guys just wrote a beautiful book called Old School Love and Why It Works about your relationship and marriage. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things that struck me, and by the way, we're going to talk about everything. We're going to talk Good. about your relationship. We're going to talk about how you met. We're going to talk about run dmc we're going to talk about your faith in god and and everything but you guys were celibate for the two years before you got married that's not usually seen anymore and i would have to say particularly you know you you, every rap video in the world not to say you're associated with every rap video in the world but you know it's not about being celibate well i'm i'm rev run you know i'm not just run I'm Rev Run, and I decided, and I started going to church and 
worked my way up. I wasn't going to become a reverend, but I was the rules and regulations of the game was to to not have sex till you get married. You, you may now kiss the bride. I do now. So I was just following what I was supposed to follow because I'm pretty intense about whatever I do. I'm obsessive, so if I'm going to be into God, I just want to know what are the rules and regulations. And one of the rules and regulations was, you know, you have sex after you're married. And so so you, you started dating and... We broke uh, up. Yeah, you started like dating. 12, yeah, yeah, you met when you were years. like you were like yeah. fifteen years old. 14, yeah. She went to a Curtis Blow concert. Yep. Um, she 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 wanted to talk to you. You were doing the DJ. You were DJ run then for Curtis Blow. You were known also as the the son of Curtis Blow yeah. as a as sort of like a half joke or whatever. But you were performing with Curtis Blow, who was maybe arguably I would argue you were the first mainstream rapper he was also arguably the first mainstream rapper with uh christmas rapping raps. And, yeah and uh uh but you went to one of these curtis Bull concerts yeah saw him you were like that's that's the guy not not the rapper that the dj yes and you passed your phone number and you guys started uh dating but it was more long distance then yeah and yeah i was in long island he was in Queens, so that felt and we like, were young 15 we couldn't really yeah. get to each other so we kind of drifted yeah i became um, run created a group that was outside of the Curtis Blow thing, and um, uh, my my um, cousin was at her sister's school. He was a um, security, security guard, and he was bragging. And she was she was like, so what? That runs your cousin. My sister. My sister said. used to be with him years ago, and then he called me. And said, did you know a girl named Justine? I was like, yeah. And he got the phone number, and boom. Tell him. How you used to think? I wonder if she knows who I oh, am yeah. now. Oh yeah, yeah. Once we we drifted apart for um, many years while I became a rap star, and um, <laughs> in the back of my mind, I would wonder, wonder what that girl that I used to date years ago does she know that I'm not the son of Curtis Blow, but I'm the guy behind this successful rap group. But you you were also called DJ Run back then, right? Mm -hmm. She so oh, she figured it out through some friends early mm -hmm. on. Once the yeah, first I didn't know for a while because then I was into house music. So. But you liked the music. Then you I, liked rap. I did like rap, but I'm just saying I didn't I wasn't focused like that cuz I was into house and then so you friend, came on some type of show, big show. And he looked some friend of hers looked at a picture and said that's the guy that's interesting she put two and two together. And then so uh he told you about it. You said, oh, can you get in touch with her or yeah. how do you get in touch with her? And then yeah. I uh, went and had the initial phone call and a date. And then oh, yep, we did. she wrote me to church. and Yep, I went to church. And then we, became, we went to church three times a week. We were very dedicated. And very. Um, yeah. Were you already going to church, Justine? No. We were very mm -hmm. religious. We were we were going religiously. And what, 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 I forget, what year was this? You got married in 1994. So we, we, we wait, 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 I can do it. That's good. Um, <laughs> so I'm guessing that um, a few years before we got married, we were in church and we knew that we, you know, the best way to, to do, to follow the perfect instructions was to get married. So that's just get married before you do something dumb. That's not, you know. Because um, he, he gets really intense when we, everything. you know, so he wanted to do with, with the, um, Everything With I did, rap. Did. He didn't touch his wife until 
Yeah, everything you know, that I do is, is very do intense. He had the biggest Bible. Very obsessive. This big. Because I figured says, I didn't want to miss any of the words. I was wrong. They all have the same words, but I bought the biggest Bible I could find. Huh. I sat on the front row, and I wanted to know, what? how do you do this thing? How do you do God correctly? To the point where I became a rev. I wasn't there to become a reverend, but well, I was doing very well at following God. Well, you mentioned in the book that the, uh, there was this moment in your life and you and you even refer to it as often your top is your bottom and so i want to explore that sentence for a second but you you were uh had been performing you're on the the top of your career like you everybody knew run dmc you had rolling stone magazine coming to see you to interview you for the cover you had your weed dealer coming to see you and you had room service (laughs) coming to see you they all show up at the same time and you just you you broke down i was i was um excessive as a kid like a lot of uh people that become very successful that don't know any better i wanted every piece of the sun in california every i said it in a book every piece of uh pleasure that i could find and it wasn't people find out early on that the successes that you call success you could become a glutton towards it and then you crash and you realize there's more to life than being number one rapper, French toast, weed, girls, Rolls Royces, whatever. And you just kinda But what do you think? Everybody was- doesn't have this experience. But um reminds me a little bit of the record that uh The Weekend has out. It's called I'm Heartless. I listened to it. And I wasn't heartless, but I'm just saying, listen to all the money and the this and that, and you just get a little lost. You can get lost in success as a young kid that's a rapper that doesn't know any better that a gold chain and lots of money is not going to fill every void. So what, what do you think it was, though, about that specific moment, right? Because you probably had a lot of these moments no, of that like was, excess. That, that and- specific moment was... The highest moment of uh, glutton, glutton vibe, trying to get it all done. Probably was 86, I don't know the year, but it was just too much, too much, just too much. And you get to conclude, wait a minute, what more, is there any higher? I'm, I'm the king of rap, and I got all this stuff, and I'm not necessarily extremely happy because I'm going overboard. I'm not cruising with it, you know. I'm not yeah. cruising. You said you said you're, and she said you're a very intense person. Yeah. Did you feel like, you know, as opposed to religion and faith and your marriage, did you feel like I wasn't married then? No, no. But I mean, oh, I mean, okay. I mean later. But but did you feel then that there was, if you were too intense on this, it could get dangerous, as opposed to later on religion? No, and no. Marriage it was just it was just an unhappy moment mm-hmm. that was supposed to be a happy moment. And and what do you again? What do you think it was that made you unhappy? Was it just this this tipping point? It's God. It's the void. It's what. There's more to life than this. Why do you think you experience that, and other people sometimes or often don't? And they and they they, do. they get um, pulled into the excess and drugs and, and and then they crash and then they become go to yoga and or they become the reverend or they calm down. You listen to you could talk to a lot of stars of. So you be the show years ago on VH1 called Behind the Music, and you'll see that 
Run well, D- some of them don't. Yeah, well, Run DMC, me and Daryl, we don't do drugs anymore. Neither does Aerosmith. It's very yeah. simple. Yeah. Think about it. Steven Tyler, they don't get high like they used to. Not the same kids they were. Run DMC, D and me used to, he used to drink every day, I smoke every day. I don't smoke anything. D doesn't drink anything. Steven Tyler, Joe Perry, they don't get high either. You stop. You Things change. You have to, unless you're going to die, you're going to kill yourself if you don't. Some, those that survive know that they can't continue on this path of excess. And Daryl for a while was continuing on that path a little longer. Mm, I don't know if it was longer than me, no. Mm -hmm. I think it was around the same time. Mm -hmm. Same time. Me and Daryl. Yeah, we were going to church with me too for a little while. Yeah, just, just, I think it's not just me. I'm just intense, so this collar's wrapped around my neck. I'm not having it. So, so Justine, when you when you I'll met try. him, I, I I can't sit up. Mm-hmm. You think I'm a little crazy on camera? <laughs> I've been trying to. This couch is a little whatever. Okay. Can this couch be fixed? No, no, it's all right. No. She's We're worrying fine. if I'm looking okay. No, you look. You guys look fine. Okay. okay. And um, uh, Justine, when you the second time around when you met him and and you started getting closer, were you ever worried that, he, you know he would slip back into that lifestyle no, or no not at all he like like he brought me into church and he was so focused i knew there was no slipping three times a week and then we would take the kids and they had to go even school nights it was it was real and we would get out of there sometime at 10 10 30 with our kids, they got to go home and go to you know go to bed and get up early in the morning. But it's a real change. Mm-hmm. You know, and you guys both talk a lot in in the book about how defeat or hardship is are almost blessings of a sort, in that mm-hmm. they lead to perseverance and and a, a, an opportunity to challenge your faith and and so yeah. on. And in your marriage, what are I, I often ask people, what's the secret of a long marriage? And and Usually the guy will say, um, uh, "I give ninety percent, she gives ten percent." But then, wait, then wait. they'll joke around. Then they'll joke around and they'll say, "Both of us do." So both right. sides give ninety ten. And uh, uh, you know, how do you, you know, what would you say well, is some of your worst moments that were really trying, that really tried your? I, I would say this to the question that overall, what you're asking, uh, you to have. A good marriage. It's going to take two people that don't need to win an argument, that don't need to. That that's number one. But that want to please each other. Right. I don't want to see her upset. She don't want to see me upset. She's so really. We go she, we, we eagerly, to we're eagerly to, trying to give in to, try to, to each other. Work. She's eagerly trying to give in to what she knows I want. Yeah. I'm eagerly trying. This takes two people though. I'm eagerly trying to make sure. She okay with what I just said? So if you're on the lookout for someone who is discontent or bothered or angry, and you want to fix that immediately, Mm -hmm. but it takes two people to feel that way. So she doesn't leave me upset. I don't leave her upset. And that's it. That's why we're here. And we work at that. You know, and if something is does bother me or bother. I'll make a U-turn and she'll tell me. I I don't even know how often she has to say, I already told you that. If she does, she knows I'm going to be kind and sincere enough 
to really adjust. But then she's not going to push me right. to something that she thinks I'm never going to adjust to. Right. If she, she says, all right, he doesn't want it, it's whatever. She, there's somebody, it's, there's no, you know, that, what is it called, uh, Mexican standoffs in our home. Right. And also, we we also like now... We didn't in the beginning, but if we argue, which we do all the time, mm -hmm. the littlest That's things, fine. but we do, um, we don't hold it long because the more you can hold it or the the more days you can hold it, the next time, the more days you can hold it even more. You know, the Bible says, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. So that can kind of like seep in overnight. And people think it's cliche, but it's not. That's a scripture. No, but, it is. But people use it like, oh, don't go to bed mad. But it's true because the more you can do that, the more you'll do it. I and see, then so. the next day it, it stays in. It just gets worse and worse and worse. So how do you, how do you, it's almost like exercising a muscle. Like how do you, yeah, how we, do you practice? Well, we constantly not, talk. We constantly talk about what's anger and what's making us angry. If something is making us angry, we talk about it and we deal with it. We deal with it right there. Um, I kind of feel like it's, I don't know, man, it, with us, it's not, we, like, again, I said, we're on the lookout for unhappiness and discontent. So it really, and I, I'm not sure that every couple can feel this way. She doesn't want me to be upset, mm -hmm. Period. I don't want her to be upset. So you got two people just fighting to not make each other upset. <laughs> yeah. Literally. And you're also on the lookout for each other's happiness. Like all oh throughout God. the book. Yeah. There's That's ways it. in which you surprise each other and, yeah. and yeah. you know. She said to me yesterday, you're very grumpy. I was going through I had a, a rough day. Why'd you have a rough day? It's just too much going on. A lot of stuff that's going on with the book and just I got a lot on my plate coming up. A lot of good stuff. But I have to attack everything because I'm so intense that everything has to be in a certain order and I have to straighten out whether it's I want to take employees. Has to take, if something has to take a few days me, to get straight, he, he so hates I'm hectic. it. So, that, so she he's said, hectic until it gets done. But you don't know where, but if you remember the moment in the kitchen where I was like, she's like, did you see the way you just, I was like, and I told her. She 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 noticed that I was very Grumpy. Grumpy and intent, intense and, and bothered. And she was with my daughter, and I, we all sitting, and I looked at her, and I told her the reason, and I felt her understanding, oh, this isn't just because you're a grumpy man. This is a completely because you were in the living room and got an email about this, 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 and this, and I'm asking you something, and you're not prepared to talk to me about anything because you are... Consumed Hurt, with all that bothered, stuff. consumed. So she let me off the hook immediately. <laughs> but she wasn't really mad. She, she said, look at you. Why are you so... And I, But I, I was wise enough to let her know. I let her know each thing I was dealing with. And it was over. Mm -hmm. Sort of like there was a, a scene in the book where um, you were upset about something. And you were launching a project that was yours personally. You didn't mm -hmm. want to necessarily get his yeah. feedback right away and you you sensed that and you decided okay mm -hmm. i'm going to i'm going to back off i'm going to take a ride right. and you were, and then she, she finally called. came to me yeah. and said you can come with me would you come with me to print out my project and yeah. i did yeah but she could have said no no but i was i was no, on the edge of my seat yeah in another if i could have been mad at you never let me in right yeah, yeah i was went, happy you're left. dealing with 
uh, again, I don't know how many more times we can say it. It's, it's just people it's that want to look out for each other. We we um, purchased a few years back a sculpture from oh, Tola. Yeah. Uh, and it's called, called Tola. Give and Take. And it's and like it's rocking. rocking what, chair. They're holding something in there. And there's a person we put it in on the front, our anniversary in Hawaii. And a person in the back. And it's one is pulling and the other one is pulling. And it's a give and take. Mm-hmm. And and relationships, and that's where a lot of times they go wrong. Like, say, if we're gonna go out to dinner, if it's always his way or if it's her Mexican way, or whatever, it's, not, it's like you gotta. If I'm driving towards where I want to eat, I'll and I think that she might not be. I say, you sure you? That's it's just like that. I can say, you sure? She's like, no, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Or, but usually, see, it's funny. She won't break down and fight. What I'm trying to eat. I was trying to say that maybe she'll change it. She won't. I do. Well, sometimes, but not often. I, do, I, do you ever find yourself repressing what you want because yeah. you know All he's so day. intense? and Me? Yeah. You, oh, she represses her life. Her whole life is repressed into being my wife. But, I'm the, but then people that know us and love us say, yeah, but Rev... You're at the airport when she lands with the greeter, and you're going to carry her to the car with the umbrella. Like, so there's, sure. there's so much of that my, that goes along with her. My makeup artist and my hairstylist, they care about what he thinks than me. <laughs> you know, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. And that's why we're here with this book, because it's a lot to do. But it works. Selfless, not selfish. So let me right. ha- let me ask that in in the context of often people meet the wrong person, right? Mm. And you even mentioned how you could somebody could be in relationships, and you and and you know when someone when you're in a toxic relationship, they feel like you feel like you're less than you are, and mm-hmm. and so on. How do you know? So hard for people to find the right person. Obviously, you have found the right person. We're blessed. And, and, you know, you're 26 years later, you're madly attracted to each other, you do things for each other, you you don't take each other for granted. But a lot of people don't know how to find or what's the checklist you use or what's that feeling you're supposed to feel. Red flags all day long, you'll see. A lot of people. This isn't working, they're not giving like me, you know? And, um, phone buzzing. They're not giving like me. I don't like this. They're not. And then you just got to know that this isn't the right person. Yeah. Period. There's red flags where people All want day. to not look at them. They don't want to pay attention to them. Okay, he'll fix it. Or when we get married, he'll... he'll. F- don't do that. When you get married, it's really on. Yeah, because then also now you, you he was bringing three kids into the marriage. Mm-hmm. Then you had three more kids. You know, mm-hmm. one's adopted. And... Were there? That's complicated. It's complicated to have six children. Well, believe it complicated because of her. Wait, believe it or not, I didn't even want to have kids. Not because when I got with him, I just it wasn't a part growing of growing up. I, you know, I didn't take care of nobody's kids. None of that. And then I met his kids. I fell in love with him. I didn't. I didn't fall in love with them because I had to. I fell in like. You know, I felt like they were mine after a while. Like, I had to, like, check myself. Like, you know, it was just so real. And that's why in my book, you know, I have to explain to people because it makes me upset when people, they get into these relationships and say the woman or the man doesn't like or treat that child with respect like it's theirs. 
and that other parent, that parent lets them do it. It hurts my heart so much because when these people grow up, they say, well, my stepfather or my stepmom treated me. It's always a story. It's always a bad story. And so I'm like, if, if, you're, if you're a significant other that you want to marry or you want to be with is not treating your children correctly, you should not be in that relationship. It's not fair. They didn't ask for that. So at least you can pay attention. And so my, my children that we had together, they know that his children, his first three, they were here first. They were my kids wasn't here. So first. she doesn't go so much I don't, by. I don't blood go by blood. She goes I by, go by character. Character and period. Yeah. Character of every child. Every child. Nobody's mm. favorite. Who's favorite is who's most carries itself and conducts itself with love and integrity and all the good things that make people. And if you're selfish, you get you know you get the raft of Justine. Period. And how, well, what's whatever that human like? being it is, like how do you how, with your kids? How Simple. do you set boundaries, and and when do you set a boundary? We just we, to we'll, me, we'll, I feel like he's he's the softest to me toward our kids. I'm just I'm very understanding. Um, uh, like I wouldn't have let our kids go to L.A. if it was like up to me. He did. No, but that wasn't a bad and that thing. That shocked me. He's no, saying, "How do you bad. set boundaries?" Yeah, I but know. But if they if they do some if they want something, you know, or if they argue for it, or if they I, do something um, you don't like, I set the Bible says, train a child as they should, which way they should go when they get older, they won't depart from it. I stick with that. What does that mean? Let me. Okay. So train a child the way they should go, and when they get older. They will not depart from it. Uh, why? I'm getting, I'm getting ready to go. Okay, hurry It's like up. you're in it and not letting me explain. Sorry, because I'm, I'm ready to go. You don't get, no. Come on, I, come on, come on. Let's go, let's go, but, let's go. <laughs> so what it means is if you conduct yourself a certain way and set up a model and act a certain way and carry yourself with integrity, that in the end, no matter what they go through, they're going to come back to what they were taught. So I noticed with my children that no matter what they've been through from the time we finished our years of church and watching me be married and watching the way, which in the way I conduct myself, I noticed they're all coming back to it. My son just got married. He acts just like me. He went through a lot before he got there, but he's spitting image of father, husband, you know, he's doing it right. And I I was saying throughout the time, we wasn't quite there. The scripture stands. I said it in my heart and I told a couple people and it happened. It's it's probably just set in stone that you, you might want to, you know, the Bible also says when you're a child, do childish things. And when you get older, you start doing grown-up things. So you give the a kid a chance to be a kid. These puppies act one way and then dogs act different. So life, give a child. I don't expect nobody to be exactly what I am at 40 years old. I'm 55. What? Yeah, he's, he's 17. He's 18. Hmm. He's 19. He's getting drunk in college or whatever, you know, he's doing kiddie stuff. Hmm. Drink it too many times, throw up too many times, put your face on a cold 
toilet bowl too many times, you say, okay, I'm done. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> along with yeah, the teaching. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. But yeah, along with the teaching, too. That's it. Yeah. So my wife and I, we just celebrated our one-year anniversary. Yay. And we got married just eight weeks after our first date. I love it. Well, love so, and, I love it. And we have two, a blended family. She brought three kids in. I brought two kids. That's awesome. And they're all around the same age, so they, oh, they get really? along. But, you know, one year in, and go, everything's going great, but 26 years, if you were to give, like, advice, uh, you know, we won't, we, we obviously wanted to keep going 26, That's 50 right, years. Right. Well, what would you say? Uh, everything we said. She and you have to be on the lookout and have such a soft, kind heart that you care about him and you care about her. And you let all selfishness go, and you be very uh, in tune and very giving. Mm -hmm. But that's again, it's going to take two people because if yeah. you become that to her, and then she's not that to you, now you're being abused. So again, I'm lucky that I'm giving to her, and she's not going to hurt me, and she's giving to me all. And I'm not going. We're not going to hurt each other. So if you guys are those people, which I assume you are, then you'll stick your, your, your lip out every once in a while. I want mm -hmm. my way. And if you see this crushing him or vice versa, then you're just like, I don't really want this thing, this way so bad that I think it's unfair to you. And, and do you think that's the answer? Yeah. And I, I agree with that. I think we both would agree with that. And I, and that's it. But I think a lot of times you get into, or people get into relationships. I've been in relationships where the maybe one side would be giving, mm -hmm. there we go. and I don't want to make accusations. Yeah. Right? No, no, but one side would be giving, the other side wouldn't be. And it's hard to A, realize that, and B, it's hard then to, you kind of want to change the other person. Yeah. But I don't think people really change so quickly. No, mm -mm. and you don't, and you're not going to change if you really don't want to. And you got to really love that person I grumble and change. walk away from her all the time. Yeah. If she's doing something that I think that I don't like, I hope she doesn't hear it. I'll walk down the steps and say something. I'll like, oh, that wasn't nice. But but I won't say really? too. Come on, Just. If minute. I'm grumbling <laughs> about minute. something. You, you say stuff like under your breath, like she can't that right, blah, blah, Just like anything else. I, that don't, I don't do that. I want well, to know what I, is it to, well, like I'm some of the things. Well, I'm going to say it. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to say it. If you're doing something that I don't like. Right. And... I'm up to here with right, whatever right. that thing I've seen is. Uh -huh. I'm not gonna stare in your face and say something like that was wrong. That's all, you know, something. But then I'll catch myself and say well, that was mean, even though I didn't even say it to you. I catch it in my mind. Mm. And that's I just want to know, like, what is it? Like, what do you say? Like, I I'll say, and that's a very good question. Yeah. You know, oh, that was crazy. You know, that was crazy. You know, why would she? Why would? Something, something it, to express my anger. You say something like she get me sick. No, or I don't have to say. A, she, I don't have to say she gets me. I'll say that action. Oh, uh, not me. That's not a good that distinction. person. That's good. That action. So I'm not calling you a name, or per se, Justine. The I'm going to say that thing that she's doing is not up to the standard of the way I feel at this moment. Okay. But it doesn't matter because I said it within my heart. Okay. I caught myself. I'm mm -hmm. trying to say I caught myself. And it's like, oh, whatever. And then I let it go. 
Mm-hmm. It's nothing. It's nothing big. You're not doing anything yeah. besides for screaming at me for taking out the garbage or something. And it's just the human in me. Yeah, I get it. You know, I get it. No, I said the what, human what, in me. I, I don't want to hear it from him. What, what, when's the time when you've, when you admitted, when you realized you were wrong and admitted it? When's the time that that's happened? All with, with, with her. A I always admit yeah. He always admitted because I'm, to me, I feel I'm the fairest person almost in the world. Man, whatever. Really? <laughs> it's whatever. When she's, oh, when she's, wait, I want to no, hear wait whatever. Wait a minute. I want to hear. Wait. I want to hear when you, what do you want to hear? I like when people say it about her. I don't like her hearing her say it. Oh, okay. oh really? Okay. I don't want to hear you say it because people call you the nicest person in the world and fair. And then when you take credit for it, I'm like, whatever. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, whatever. But what do you feel about that? Is it true? No, I think that she's, um, as far as fair, yeah, you're very fair. And as far as kind, tell you to come on, babe. I know. <laughs> We're not gonna be comedy. Okay. I like this better Why? than most because most of the time we're really funny and kind. But I'm but enjoying. The, I'm enjoying the the depth of this and the intenseness. Okay, but I don't like we play you a lot. So when we on like oh, like we was just on Rachel Ray and stuff like we have fun. But that's yeah. what I'm used to. Well, I'm so I'm enjoying me out I'm now. enjoying giving these answers right now. And the question you asked me was what because she wanted to play just now. Um, what did you just ask me? When, when you when have you admitted that you were wrong? All day long. He does. I I admit all day long. I enjoy knowing I'm saying I made a mistake. I I don't it doesn't bother me. I I fix it. I love to fix myself. I love to know when I'm that's why I said I'll and even see, catch myself. I'm not wrong. So I don't really have to say it a lot, huh? <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm confused what you just did. You're still playing, I can see. Okay. No, I'm not playing. I'm yeah, serious, you are. Man. So go ahead. <laughs> Yes, it's totally true. Airbnb has changed my life. If anything, they have made my life so much better. Like I used to live in Airbnbs. I I lived in over 100 or 200 different Airbnbs over a three-year period. And I loved it. I I became a really good guest of Airbnbs. And I got to know lots of hosts. So when I initially owned a house, I, of course, the first thing I thought was I'm going to turn my house into an Airbnb because I travel a lot. So why leave my house unused when I can make a side income by letting others Airbnb my house or come to stay in my house as guests and having my own Airbnb or or being a host for Airbnb has allowed me to do just that. And I've met other hosts. I've actually spoken at Airbnb's host conference. I think it was in 2017. I met so many just nice hosts. It's a great community. And I love, you know, turning my own home into an Airbnb. Like I'm traveling to Austin next month. My home's going to be an Airbnb while I'm away. And I'll stay in an Airbnb. I'd rather stay in like a three-story house Airbnb than in one tiny hotel room in, in the middle of Austin during South by Southwest. So listen, while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who are just letting their house sit empty, who've never thought about it or didn't realize their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, then you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
Daylight savings time is starting up again. Okay, podcast is over. That's all you needed to know. But why do we have uh, daylight savings time? Answer, to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting your clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day that initial, when we initially start daylight savings. But if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. This is such a brilliant idea for a business and ZipRecruiter did it. So ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. I've used ZipRecruiter particularly as a potential employee and I still to this day get messages every day. James Aldercher, would you like to apply to be VP of en- entertainment at NBC or whatever. So there's just nonstop emails. Like I got five or six emails today because of because a year ago I signed up for ZipRecruiter. So spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, listen, men's health is important. Men act all cocky and like they don't need anything. But the reality is as you get older, there's some things you need. And it often feels like we're too busy to take care of our health problems. Like I'd rather do anything then go to the doctor or the dentist or the pharmacy or whatever. But now you don't have to waste your time if you use HIMS. HIMS, H-I-M-S, HIMS is changing men's healthcare by providing simple and convenient access to science-backed treatments for erectile dysfunction, hair loss, weight loss, and more. The entire process is 100% online, so you get a new routine of improving your overall health faster. Jay, you listening to all this? Yes, I definitely gonna use him for now. Not on. that you need it. You're you're young and healthy, James. I'm 35. You, you're getting there. You might you might need it. Who knows? But if prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and indiscreet packaging. No insurance is needed. You can manage your plan on the Hims app, track progress, and learn more about your conditions and how to treat them from leading medical experts. Start your free online visit today at Hims dot com slash James. Could you imagine that there's a whole section just with my name on it? Hims.com slash James. That's how I how much I am representative of the kind of person who needs hymns. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash James for your personalized treatment options. Hymns.com slash James. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See hymns.com slash James for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. So your question, see, she keeps throwing me off because she wants to play now. Hey. I'm intense. What was your question? Yeah, Did so, I but, answer but, it? But, but I think, though, sometimes I could see it that you could be so intense Maybe you're not going to admit you're wrong. 
Maybe you're gonna oh, go. No, maybe no, you're gonna no. drive a little too far down some no, highway. No, no, Oh no, he okay. will do it. Okay, he will see. do that, but then back up. He will With drive her. it to to the wrong way, but then he'll back up and say sorry or you understand? But I'm yeah. not intense towards her. She's I'm not I don't I don't I might be intense on stage, I might be intense as a teacher, business, business whatever, but I'm not intense towards her. There's a many people in this world, but with her, she has a, a heart. Wait, are you are you intense? No, no, you're not intense to me. All right, you. But got I guess you're around me, so you feel that like our daughter, everyone else, just lets him be that person. But she doesn't understand. But I, this I have last a lot on one, me. she's not. Yeah, she's that. she's not happy because my daughter, the one that we talk about, the Miley, is because. During the day, I'm not as playful as I could be because I have a lot of emails and a lot going on. So I'm not as playful as I could be. So and, she doesn't understand that energy. Why do we have to feel mm -hmm. his energy? Because hmm. you're in the deep? house. She's I'm walking like the reverend during the day, for real, for real. And everything is. But it's you also because I don't want to lose. It's just tight. Life is tough. And I'm trying to organize it that we can have a good life. And I can't sometimes distinguish. I looked at a video on, it was so beautiful, on the internet the other day. The dad came home and he was dancing and the kids started dancing with him and they hugged him. He was the sweetest father ever. And I was like, this is what Miley wants from me, my daughter. And I was like, I'm not this guy. This guy is, just came home and started doing all the new dances and all this stuff. I can do it at certain times, but most of the time, I got a lot on my plate. I don't think most kids want their dad to dance. Don't. <laughs> but he was being right. fun. He was coming I home. Tried to. They were going, Daddy. Dad. It was some fun looking, fun. They were young. They were very right little. You too. Are, you they, are were, right. yeah, they were only if seven. If I try to dance, she gets mad. She's like, Please, Mom. Please. Yeah, but I don't know what he's trying to say. Yeah. But these were seven, eight year olds. And, yeah. and Miley doesn't understand the energy that I have to deal with. And I'm a, I'm a little bit, uh, I but get stressed. You are trying. He's, he trying. Is, he's trying to fix it. See what I mean? Sometimes. Like, that's what's. Good about him. But most when people a in my world know understand me. And yeah. and she's just one that just wish I was softer sometimes. Well, you know, it's an interesting thing because let's take your your first career for a second. You you blazed to the top of rap slash hip hop in a way that I mean you redefine you personally redefined the culture. Like hip hop went mainstream because of of you. Mm. And then you you know you you become this reverend, which is is very intense. I'm sure it occupies a lot of your your thinking and time. Then you you both have you know Run's House. You've a six season reality show is no joke. To have more than one season of any show yeah. is amazing. You did six seasons, and so it requires that kind of intensity from both of you. Yeah. And uh, I think it's natural that your kids are not going to be as in tense is that because it's a it's rare to begin with mm -hmm, yeah and you know everybody's different right and b it's just you know not everybody inherits intensity yeah, they they true. and also you now that you've they didn't grow up like you right you grew up in that's a harder true. situation right, than right. they're growing up that's right true. so so i wonder how you keep a little bit of that intensity with the next generation given well, my kids are pretty intense and the complete entrepreneurial beast diggies you know all my kids are pretty intense they're pretty strong and they 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 have the energy to succeed 
But I was just talking about this one. Miley doesn't appreciate my energy sometimes. And she well, she's the youngest. She's going through something, yeah. right? Yeah. Of course, yeah, she, yeah. she's at that age. Yeah, she's twelve, and she's, she's you know, she's already. They're always going to be mad at somebody, the father, the mother, or whatever. They don't. You don't I understand. I don't believe that. Well, whatever. Oh, they have They weren't like Miley at twelve and eleven either. But it no, is what it is. Like yeah. It is what it is. She loves me. I know that. How does she, what makes him think that? Um, and I'm asking this to Justine. What what makes it? What makes him think that Miley might not might she have some doubts it. about she him? Shows she it. shows it. Like she shows as soon as he starts talking. Like if everybody's talking about a conversation, then he comes in and then starts talking about his life. Business. Whatever. She'll just get up and she'll just walk away. Like well, I'm not going to sit not here and listen to with it. This crap. Although although in the book you do say don't always talk about. Your life. Yeah, exactly. So do you often find yourself taking a step back from yeah, that? Yeah, he does. I work and a lot of times, her and I will be talking, and he would just come in and start saying whatever. To Change the subject. And that really... It's rude. Rude. And it is rude. But no one would ever say, that's Like they're rude. talking, like, Just, I got to tell you something that happened. And, and me that's and her could have been into something. something and then deep. he'll come in and say... And I want her attention immediately. And, and so it's like she brought she that can... to my attention, because I would, I would normally go straight to him. Right. Because I'm used to it. Yep. And she fixed it now to when he does it, I'm just like, you know, I got to give him the eye. Like, what are you doing? Do you see what's going on and here? And he's just like, oh, okay. He's uh, going up the steps go. instead of... Yeah, I'll talk to you later, he says. in the kitchen and I <laughs> keep going up the steps. Yeah. Now, and you know, you... It's interesting because talking about your kids because you and your siblings grew up in an interesting household. Your dad was an activist, right? Mm. You you have memories of him you know, going off to march with Martin Luther King and stuff and, like that. Yeah, and there and there and and you know, he helped you with the lyrics on Proud to be black. Proud to be black and Dirty Days, a bunch of songs. So, so it sounds like he was an intense person as well. I don't know if he was intense. My dad was yeah, he was. And he exposed you to a lot of ideas. He's very strong, poetic, comedic. He's everything. I, I guess every all my traits. Comedic, me. Poetic. He gave that to me. Intense, I got that from him. He's pretty intense, strong, great dresser, just on point, responsible, mm -hmm. diplomatic, all that. Yep, pretty much. And so he might when, when I think he, a little might be a little. I don't know if he's a little less intense. He'd get up and be tough and loving. I don't think he's, he might have been a little bit more loving, more hugging than me. I, I have. I a, think he's also more confrontational than you, you my dad have, yeah because he you know oh, yeah, yeah. you would I, never have i slip around everything yeah stuff. i slip around everything he likes he i let, likes I let everybody get away whatever they want but i'm always going to get what i want in some weird way in the long run i give long leashes from here to to the moon and but actually i'm in control even though you think you're in control now with the, with his with your kids uh when he gives a long leash and you want to give a short leash like you're not going to la like, is that ever a conflict? Yeah, it is. But I have to be real about it. Like the L.A. thing, that was that was a great thing for them. I let them do it, but I was shocked. I thought he would never do it. So when they asked me, you think daddy let us go? I was like, ask him. It didn't him. bother me but one bit. I didn't bit. think he was going to say, yeah. It didn't and bother did. me one bit. Mm -hmm. he's, he's, he's... But do you, ever, do you ever feel, though, that maybe the kids, look, they, they grow up in... Again, more comfortable situation than um, you guys grew up with. Do you ever feel like you need to put that short leash on and you disagree with him strongly on it if he is uh, doesn't have yeah, as tight boundaries if, as you if, have? Yeah, if it has to, some, a lot of times with she our son Diggy sometimes. 
But you kind of fold into what I'm thinking a little sometimes, bit. Sometimes, yeah, I do. Most of the times, because we kind of we on, on the same, same page. page. She'll like catch herself, like whatever. Yeah, we're both kind of cool. You know, one other thing you have to be careful of. And a lady said this to me. I didn't even know her, and she, we were in the store looking at shoes, and she just said to me, "Are you married?" And I said, "Yeah." She said, "You have kids?" I said, "No." And she said. I said, I have stepchildren. And she said, well, you have to remember, she said, it was you and him first, and then the kids come. So I was like, okay. And then she said, what happens is, as a nurturer, a mother, you just want to take care of these kids and you forget about him. Mm. You don't mean to. But they become your life, and then years go by, and you kind of forgot about him. Now they're they're gone, they're they're out, they're leaving, and then you and him are like a new couple. You don't even know him; he doesn't know you. And she said that's what happened with her and her husband. They weren't angry at each other, but they just was like, okay, I guess this is it. They're like different people. Different people, yeah. And she said her daughter ended up moving so far away from her. And it's like amazing because you could put all your eggs in these kids and they're going to do what they're going to do, you know? Like I can't believe Diggy is doing a show on Grownish and decided he's going to just live in L.A. now. I'm happy for him. I'm happy too. What was that face a little bit? She's saying she misses him. Yeah. She's happy for me. He wasn't happy at home. But you, but you were able now. Now you're keeping the the you know you you with that advice. It's good advice that that lady gave you because now you're keeping the relationship strong. Yeah. With all, you have and six we don't kids. let them think they can get in between us. They we they she, know that she's she hangs with Miley quite a bit. I get a little jealous, but if I call her, she'll come. But it's it's a little annoying right now. Okay, no, that's because... No, she needs you. She's adopted and she needs you. What happens is when you're adopted, for some reason, you feel lonely. Mm. It's in them. I've heard of it from a lot of them, her teacher. And so she needs extra. All day. I give into it. I'm fine with it, but then yeah, I get bothered. He gets it. I get but, it, but I get, I get lonely myself because she gives I, so much attention. I think I do have to... I have to fix that. Yeah, it's been a lot lately, but I'll, I, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, think about also, like, when you were a kid, think of the immense freedoms you had. Like, you were off 14 years old performing late at night in Queens, Bronx, yeah. wherever, yeah. Uh, with Curtis Blow starting your thing. Mm-hmm. Your parents probably weren't all over you or... You I was, know. yeah, I was a different time period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just... Yeah, I was cool. So can I ask what what was that like at the time? Like that must have been ex- to go to a show at fifteen. No, no, just the the idea that this movement was happening that you clearly saw was gonna. You probably had this sense uh, this is gonna change society, and you were at yeah, the forefront of it. None of that. I just loved. It just. Uh, you didn't feel like you. Were no, I change. got the answer. No, I said you didn't feel Mm-mm. like this is gonna be the big thing. You thought it could end at any time. No, none of that, the answer. The answer is I was fascinated by music, Frankie Crocker, voices, DJing, stuff, 
I wanted to do it. Found that I could do it pretty good. Like playing basketball competitively. I could scratch. I'm learning how to, oh, I can rhyme. This is fun. This is great. This is fun. I can be great at it. I can be greater. I can be really good. And I got big ideas for drums. The drum on, on Listen to a Perfect Beat by Bambada. I always remember, beat this. Boom, 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 boom. I was like, wow, wouldn't it be cool if the whole record had a beat that big? What are we waiting for? Those were the things that went through my mind. You know, you listen to it and you want to do it. It wasn't about what you said. Take, wow, this can be big. Or, no, this could be great, but not this is going to affect you. Mm. I didn't know where you was in Queens. Mm. I didn't know it was um, a big vision, really big, but a small amount of people I was trying to reach. Meaning... If I could just get this record on 92KTU, if I could just get this record on Mr. Magic, that'll be, that's it. Not if I could reach the whole world <laughs> and have people in Japan wearing Adidas. I couldn't see that because there was, but the amount, that concentrated thing that I wanted to reach was everybody. <laughs> Because everybody was interested after I did what I did. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, right. I did it, but I wasn't thinking about Japan. I was thinking about what I could see. WBLS, KTU, the people I could see. And it was reaching you and other people and MTV and all that stuff. They were watching that genre too. And I took over that thing that was this big. I did good with this. And this was being watched by everybody almost, or getting ready to be. Right, because let's say... Getting ready to be watched by everybody. Let's say, like, Curtis Blow and, and Sugar I definitely wasn't aiming for you. Right. Whatever you was in Queens. But, but you did. You did. But I wasn't aiming for you. Well, I'm... Russell and them might have been trying to get me to dance at Syria or wherever you would right. go to clubs or whatever you would do. But he always... But I was looking to meets impress... people that say... I was looking to impress the dude on the corner close to me. And I definitely wasn't thinking I was going to reach the guy, forget you, in Japan. Right. That doesn't even speak English. But it's interesting, though, because let's say, you know, it's there was Africa Mbada, there was that kind of- A couple of, people before me, yes. Yeah, there was that generation where it was very focused, I think, on who was listening to them right there mm. at where they were Right, performing. they were trying to kill it right there in the Bronx. And then, there, and then I would say the next generation, Curtis Blow, Sugar Hill Gang, they had raps that they were probably a little more mainstream to try to get to a broader, slightly broader audience. And then I feel like you came along and however it was produced. Oh, uh, made it a little more street. Not not trying to be, yeah, well. Yeah, you were the beginning of like, let's call it reality rap or something. I know what you mean, it, cooler. I got what you're saying. You're saying that uh, uh, Sylvia and them over at Sugar Hill Records were trying to commercialize it and I was trying to keep it street. Basically, they were wearing certain out outfits, and we would wear the street outfits. That was intentional, keep it the way it is. And the Beasties were smart enough to say, we're not going to dress like you. We don't care if our sneakers are dirty because we're just punk rock kids. So you just figure out in your own smart brain that I don't need to dress like um, uh, Grandmaster Flash and I'm trying to dress like Rick James. That's, they were trying to dress like Rick James or wherever something else, thinking that it needed to be shined up. And we was t knew 
uh, some people that producers and people around me and we dressed like the guys right on our corner and that was it and then you know then there's the other innovation which is that you know combining you know making a rap version of walk this way that's what really kind of catapulted everything into huge mainstream and well, that was just you know we rapped over beats and uh rick rubin said just do the whole thing over like all right I really want to do that, but whatever. We really don't want to hear the rest of that stuff that they're saying. I'm like, no, make the whole thing over. I'm like, this is not a good idea at all. That's the truth. <laughs> we're we're supposed to be just rapping over be the open. beat. We're supposed to be just rapping over the beginning beat and a little bit of the guitar. Whatever happens after that little bit of guitar and that beat is 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 it's it's bad to get to that part of the record. <laughs> DJ has made a grave mistake if you hear anything beyond that beat so the dj lets it get to steven tyler's voice it's a disaster the dj yeah keeps the beat because if it does i gotta rap over him singing so there's a real problem right there off top i can't rap while he's singing you get it yeah so we never wanted to get to that i'm just trying to rap over the beat that's pretty awesome and then makes sense yeah but then of course oh no then rick rubin says no do the whole record i'm like what is the what the hell is he saying i've never heard it in my life it's this hillbilly gibberish like you love him need to cover what the hell's going on Okay. Were you surprised when it became? Uh, I had enough hits on the album that, yeah, mm, surprised. Uh, the first tour, we didn't do it. The Raising Hell tour, I didn't do Walk This Way, but I realized that, oh shit, we're at three million records, so we must have passed some part of my vision. Because wow. we used to selling one million. Oh shoot, you're at 1.8? What, what, what's going on? Oh, did somebody, they're playing Walk This Way in Boston. Huh, what? Record company's doing another thing. They're promoting that record I didn't know about. That's what happened in my mind. They're promoting that record I didn't, didn't care too much about. But it was a, but it was a record that kind of drew in the mainstream. It was everything to me now. But I'm yeah. saying I made it. I agreed. I did my job. It wasn't my main focus, but I was smart enough to do it. I did it with my heart. And I didn't know it was going to capture everyone. I didn't even expect want nor know to capture. I just wanted to make sure I stayed at the top of making sure Peter Piper and my Adidas was big. Yeah, and, and my Adidas, of course, you That's know. a whole nother thing. Yeah, because that brought mainstream brands like Adidas did a deal yeah, with you. It was like I the first branding deal. Could have been screaming with... my Heinz ketchup for like it. My Heinz ketchup. It just <laughs> happened to be big. Oh, snap, I'm promoting a brand. That's my joke all the time. <laughs> I'm happy about ketchup. I'm a rapper about ketchup. I'm happy about sneakers. I'm a rapper about sneakers. <laughs> And then, and then, of course, there's. Do you feel like later generations took what you started, and you know, so you have like uh, Public Enemy was kind of right after you, and um, and then you have West Coast stuff with. Do I Ayla think Soul. I never? I never had to think what somebody else is getting out of. I didn't. That wasn't like I'll listen to somebody like you or somebody will tell me, you know, you influenced this, you influenced that. You influenced. I don't know if people that were doing what they did knew. You don't know who you're influencing till it's done. And it's like, oh, snap. You run into somebody like Ice Cube. Man, I was home listening to Run DMC, and that's how I got that. Wow, really? Okay. You don't, you know, it's not, I guess, of any consequence or anything I was aiming for. If that, did, you, yeah. did I answer the question? Yeah, but I'm also curious if it, uh, you know, particularly then you became a reverend and you wanted to start taking what you were learning, what was happening to you in life, into your music. Do you, do you, you know, me and and rap was going this other direction, kind of that NWA direction of, 
a lot more hardcore. Yep, we were hard, they were harder. Yeah, and which was a natural progression. And there's the Wu Tang Clan. Hard. And, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I loved it. Did you ever kind of feel like, oh my gosh, I'll never, maybe I'll never, you don't, you can never tell, but uh, we'll, we'll ever get that hard? Yeah, we'll, or will we ever get back to that, you know, number four spot at Billboard for a song or, you know? No, I never thought like that. I never was like, how do I be as rough as Ice Cube and, and uh, talk about gangs? And uh, that wasn't, it wasn't my focus. I wasn't focused on can I beat something? Can I rap? Would I change my style to try to become more than what I've done was not in my mind. I probably got inspired by Tretch rhyming fast or things going around and what was in my wheelhouse or whatever, but not trying to think that I could possibly be. But anyway, Run DMC is pretty hard. Like, you're like, yeah. There was nothing. I didn't need to be harder. And you're still still selling albums. No, no, no. but that wasn't it. I I wasn't going to try to reach outside of what I was, hmm. which was as hard as you could get, basically. Well, what what music do you see him listening to now? Sade. Sade, every yeah? second, every wow. minute. And Kenny G. Yeah, so you I mentioned Kenny to. G in the book. That's yeah. all I listen to. Yeah. What That's what it. do you like rap now at all? Yeah, I like Drake. Yeah, I like Drake. Drake's great. He <laughs> sings and stuff. Um, I like uh, some of the great stuff. Roddy Rich. Uh, some. I li- I'm not an underground guy. I turn on the radio, and if something's really catchy and good from a new artist, I'm in. But I'm not going to look underground to try to find a hit rapper. If you have a number one hit on Power 105 or hot, the urban stations here in New York. And I get into my car and it's on and it's great. I'm like, wow, this sounds great. That's me. So but I, don't, I don't put that he on likes all day all long. He new school and all that, but he he mainly listens to Sade. That's it. Yeah. I like, I'm calm. I need peace. Do you ever listen to your to your old stuff in the house? Like, uh, or, or do you hate listening to your, to your old stuff? Uh, my answer to that. Do I listen to my old stuff in the house? No. I perform it quite a bit if I'm DJing or if I do a Run DMC show or two or three in the year. It's fun to do, but it's I don't amazing, come home though. and listen to it. That'd be crazy. Yeah. What? what what's amazing? What? What did you? Be- his show. Yeah. His show with Run DMC and his show with his DJ Ruckus. It's the most hour of intense. It's amazing and I. At one time, I wasn't even going because it was making me too intense. I was just in what way making you know want to make sure it goes right. If it's an hour long, just too much. I'm going crazy for one hour huh. till you are tired of jumping up and down. I'm tired, and I always wanted You're it tired. to be right. I want to make sure, you know. And She's he used to laugh. Well, he used to laugh because he's like, you know, how many years I've been doing this, and then I come along and I'm want to help something. The heck? Well, before the podcast started, you were making a joke that you said you were a rapper. She's an and he no, I was. I could, you on that right away. I could give you a mean sixteen if you want. <laughs> no, no. Okay, let me do. Let me give you some. So we were called the Fly Five. Oh Jesus! You see the J? Just give me a beat. You ready? Let's do this, guys. How much time we have for the next interview? 
I'm joking. <laughs> you see, you ready? Let's do it. You see, the J is for the jumping in my body, making me do the freak a less scream and have a party. The E is for the extraordinary sound while I'm rapping on the mic while a record go round. The double S is there because I'm so sweet. I'm with Fly Five and I'm a top freak. And last of all, it's the Kappa Two Y, cause I'm a fly rapper and that's no lie. That was awesome. You got that was great. You Thank gotta you. perform at this Thank concert. You. She does that rhyme all the time. <laughs> oh my god! On his Instagram, yo, make her album. He playing. That is awesome. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I could go on too. I can open up. Yeah, why do you let her open up? Come it's on, been man. a long day. <laughs> well, I do want to say though, the book "Old School Love" and why it works by the both of you is co-authoring. Uh, it's a great book. It's a great, it gave me a lot of ideas in my own oh, blossoming marriage and relationship. Well, she is gorgeous. Thank you. It's, it's a very important. I wish you guys yes. the best of luck. Yeah, we do. We do. And you guys are so lucky. I mean, how was it working together? You must have, I mean, some. I could see how you could maybe banter a little bit while working yeah. together. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, it's, we do. We can't help it. No matter yeah, where fine. we go, people are just like, I feel like I'm in Run's house, even in a supermarket. This was a little different than how it usually goes because we're just sitting down. But if you catch us on some of these TV shows, it's going to be quite funny and informative. Less funny the, here, but still was, was good. This was informative, but this I had I had some fun moments. Good, I had good, good. fun. Well, she and I learned the rhyme. So, <laughs> well, what's what's next? What's the next thing? This this book's coming out. You're going to push that, and then I got some surprises. I got to you got to wait. You'll see it. Yeah, it's you be will. All over the place. You're going to see some stuff. Right, so I, I can say. Yeah. Is it music related? Is music it? related? Yeah. Yeah. Stuff's getting ready to happen. Well, Run DMC has a um a line of clothing coming with Adidas again. So okay, new great. sneakers, new Old clothing. Skews yep. from back in the stuff day. Stuff that we that you possibly wore and stuff like that. So we just did a deal with Adidas. Wow. All right. Well, thanks for for coming on the podcast. Thanks you know, for having, having us. us. We heard Rev that your and Justine. podcast is very big. So Thank you so much. Bless and I, you. Actually, I have one um, re religious question I'd like to ask. Good, sure. How do you interpret the phrase, ask and you shall receive? How do both of you interpret I it? I got the answer to that is, it's imagination. You know, you're, you're asking through your imaginary your imagination, you're asking, and then you receive it because you've imagined it to be true. So your, your, your subconscious and your conscious mind are doing a little dance, and you see it, and it manifests. You have to really see it. Like the, you you got to get the fulfillment. Mm, you have good. to feel it. Yeah. And that's how a lot of these Powerful people become like to you where are. they are. You're a manifester. Well, well, look who's sitting in the couch in my apartment. Well, that's <laughs> so, the answer. You know, so, well, thank you for that. And, and thank you again so much for coming on, on the podcast. Thank you for having appreciate us. appreciate it. It's anytime. a great book, really wise book. <laughs> thank you. And anybody in a relationship should, or not in a relationship, should read it. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate I had a great that. Time. I had a thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.